Hello and welcome to another APW Property Podcast. Uh, with me today is a top member of the uh, the company, Stuart Williamson. Hi, Stuart. Uh, hello. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Perfect. I've been better. Yeah, you're uh, sort of now ensconced in uh, Oz for the winter, are you? Or the summer? No, no, just um, down for a few days. My daughters have just finished. My daughter just finished uni. My son's finished uni, so... They're planning what they're going to do for the three week, three month break, and so I just thought I'd come down and see them back up to Singapore on Wednesday. So just a three day visit. Okay. Uh, well, today we're going to look at an FAQ. Um, it's a frequently asked question uh, asked by your APW clients: uh, to furnish or not to furnish? Or, in fact, I'm going to I'm just going to slip into uh, to furnish or not to furnish. That is the question. Whether it is nobler and more kind to proffer the things and chattels of a furnished rental, or chance your arm and see no baubles, and by unfurnishing, rent them. Uh, so I couldn't carry on because it would have just been too awful. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to furnish or not to furnish. Uh, you recently did a market wrap on this on YouTube, Stuart. Uh, why did you pick the subject? Alas, poor furnishings. I knew you well. <laughs> Touche. Um, uh, I did it because this is the question we often have is, is it a good idea to have furnished or not? Um, and it's, is no yes or no from a, from a, a landlord perspective, sometimes yes, from a tenant perspective, sometimes yes, but it's, it's a, it's a movable fee. So really the answer is it depends. Um, absolutely. It depends on your property and on location. But you said that, um, you know, the key point is that the tenant comes first uh, in your mind. You know, it's what they want. Absolutely, yes. I mean, and also it all depends on what sort of tenant you want. Because, you know, if you're looking for a certain type of tenant, then they're going to want to have it furnished so they can move in quickly and go to work. Or if it's a corporate tenancy, they want to move in quickly and go to work. Whereas if it's someone who's going to live there for the longer term, they want to build their home. And so it's completely variable on, on what sort of tenant it is. Yeah, so you've got to know your customer or KYC, know your customer in, in the different markets that you're planning to buy a property in. And you've got to have an idea of what those tenants are like. And so here's a sort of rough you know, list of the different types of tenant you've got students they're just sort of starting off maybe you want to be in that specialist market you've got foreign students who are a slightly different category from students uh, you've got young single professionals uh, they just want a kind of you know place to crash while they go to work uh, you've got young couples then they're going to head towards being young families families you know larger families they're going to be more embedded in an area once the children start going to school then you've got empty nesters or you've got retired people and you've got corporate tenants. So you've got to have an idea of those different kinds of tenants in different markets. What can you say is the best market for you, uh, Stuart? Well, I mean, a lot of the stuff we, we do do is edge of the CBD sort of approach, which I have found to be you know, quite a, a good buy-to-let marketplace. So if you're within a couple of bus stops or a couple of tube stops, or, you know, if you're looking at Reading, for example, you're right out of the city, but it is only one train ride and 20 minutes later, you're in the city centre of London. Then, you know, if those are the sort of things you're marketing, then the sort of people who want to rent them tend to be 
professionals uh, or corporate tenants. And that means that they want to have a furnished approach as a rule. Okay, yeah. So looking through those different categories, from the tenant's perspective, they're going to, you know, if they want furnished or if they want unfurnished, let's look at the pros and cons uh, from the tenant's perspective of a furnished property. So the furnished pros, what what are they going to be? Well, it's, it's a bit like, you know, it's like a hotel, you know, easy move, move into, you just unpack your bags and you're off, you know, so it's good for young professionals who want to be in city centres, you know, the old, old concept, the 15-minute city, that idea. Then you've got students who might be just coming over from home who don't want to move all their parents' Victorian furniture in with them that they've been given. Wealthy long-term renters who don't want encumbrances or downsizers. You know, downsizers quite often say, I'm sick of having a, a garden. I just want something simple to deal with. You know, the the negative sides to it is that it may not be to the taste of the of the tenant. You know, they'll have to pay for damages if they break stuff. You can't normally get rid of furniture you don't like. Uh, you've got no incentive to buy your own furniture, which can be negative for moving on. Uh, you might have to pay for your own storage for your own stuff. That's the furnished pros and cons there. Yeah. At that point on students, they, you know, some foreign students, you know, sometimes they're from quite wealthy backgrounds and, and uh, they are a slightly different category from the students. You know, the unencumbered just got their rucksack full of clothes for come from home for, for their first year at uni. Uh, so they just want furniture and they, they haven't got any. But some foreign yeah. students might be slightly different. So you've got to have an awareness of which market you're going for in a university town. Yeah, I have a client who um, advertises in the Japanese embassy magazine and all he wants is Japanese students because he's found them to be high net worth. He's finished his stuff just for them and they love it. And also when they leave, they leave it in a better state than they received it. It's all about face. And so they're very, very keen to get good quality furnishings that he can, he can charge a premium for. So again, it's knowing your market. Oh, it's an interesting tip there. So, okay, well, let's look at the unfurnished pros and cons uh, from a tenant's perspective. Well, it's, it's pretty, you know, obvious, really. It's your own stuff. You feel at home. You've got your favourite couch. You've got your favourite pillow, your favourite bed. You don't have to worry about damages because you, you knock it around. It's your own problem. If you if you plan to rent for a long time, furnishing a property yourself might, might be cost-effective and cheaper in the long term. You can build up more, more furniture. If you plan to own own yourself at one stage it makes sense to have your own furniture the cons are get some insurance if you don't have enough furniture you might feel empty my first place when i moved to australia in 1988 i had two deck chairs and a cardboard box with a tv on it and i felt very weepy at night when i got home because it wasn't my mum's but you know that's part of moving out and going to do your stuff okay so um, what about from a landlord's perspective then there's sort of the same sort of thing furnished pros and cons well, the point is, if you furnish it, I mean, it has been proven, I think, by Chesterton's in London, that you, on average, you get 6 to 7% more rental income. You can charge that if you do furnish it. So you can normally make your, your asset work harder. Uh, it tends to be easier to get tenants in. It's less logistics. It's better for the environment, for the property. I mean, if you've got a big development, I mean, there's one in Manchester with 900 units in it. You'll have a removal of that outside all the time. And you don't want that if you have a good ambiance where you're living. So smaller developments, you know, if you furnish them, you don't have 
removal vans coming and going all the time. It's easy to get tenants because you don't have to bring in all this furniture. The negative sides are, you know, they might, I mean, I've had a, in my place in Isleworth, I've had to replace the beds. I don't know what the tenants do in the beds, but they are breaking them on a regular basis. So I have to replace those and I can't really claim from my insurance on that. You have to keep an invent inventory. People go in every quarter, every six months and check it. You know, you do need insurance, which is, you know, an additional hassle, but, you know, not, not a bigger deal in the bigger picture. The pros of doing it, there's no responsibility to make sure to keep the furniture at top level. It's easy maintenance. So that was the, the furnished pros and cons. Yeah, sorry, uh, yeah. Uh, now let's have a look at the unfurnished pros and cons from a landlord's perspective. Yeah, basically, I've got clients who just stuff their junk stuff in there that they don't want anymore, and the tenants use it until they buy their own furniture. So, you know, you don't need to worry about making sure all your furniture is tip-top for the managing director at HSBC. You can just put in whatever you want in there and take it away just as easily. So it's easy on the on the insurance. It's easy on the maintenance. Um, the negative sides are you do tend to potentially get a longer void because you're waiting for a client who comes along with their own stuff, and therefore you may get less rent. But again, it's all about the marketplace. Yes, and... Uh in terms of then, if you're going to go the furnished route, I've always been impressed by, you know, particularly in developments, what they do with the show flats and the interior designers who have to, they have to imagine their sort of market, but they can't flavor it too strongly in one direction or another. So you've got this perfect neutral to get the widest possible appeal between young and old, boy and girl, classic contemporary. Um, it's a pretty dark art, isn't it? Uh, how do you furnish your properties? What, what do you do? Do you just, do you use an interior designer or do you get help? Well, we just bought one up in, um, in Phuket at the Banyan tree. And because it's going to be a service accommodation, it comes with all the furniture. And you can do that with most new buys in the UK, that all the developers that we work with offer furniture packages, and those are you know, basic, medium, or high high level. And so you just have to work out the sort of tenant you you think is going to work. Talk to real estate agents up there, get a feel for what they're saying, and then buy a pack to suit that. And that's to be fair. I, I did one of my own on um, from IKEA, and you know. It was rubbish and it fell apart after two years and I had to trash it. And I've been much better spending more money and getting a better investment. So I think you've got to speculate to accumulate, invest and get some good quality stuff. But then that also comes down to your own individual circumstance, uh, what you're planning to do, what your goals are as to how long you're planning to to uh, keep the property, how long your investment horizon is as well as knowing the individual market from the tenant's perspective so there is a kind of landlord and tenant relationship uh, that you're hoping to achieve with a rental if you're going to be in it for the long term any final thoughts yeah yeah i mean it's just like you know i always send my tenants uh, flowers or a bottle of something on their birthdays or wedding anniversaries if i know what they are if you're in a relationship for the longer term it's worthwhile spending money like that and it's the same with properties worthwhile doing it 
Okay. Uh, well, that's it for today. Just a quick uh, FAQ. Uh, thanks to Stuart. Cheerio. And it's goodbye from me. My name is Paul Shearer. Have a lovely day. And it's goodbye from our excellent producer, Emma Holton at Brilliant Audio. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast series produced for APW by Emma Holton at Brilliant Audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe, hit like, share it with your friends. If you didn't, keep stum. You can find more episodes in all your usual podcast places.